The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to authentic living with andrea matthews over the next hour you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns you'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life now here's your host andrea matthews good afternoon and welcome to the authentic living show you know we're going to be talking today a little bit about the healer archetype what is a healer what does it mean to be a healer What does that mean when we say we are a healer? How does that impact the world when we use the word healer or our world when we use the word healer? What is that? Um, We've had we have history of people who had the power to heal other people by laying their hands on people or by making particular mixtures and giving them to people. Uh, And now this healer archetype has erupted into the American consciousness again with more and more people uh, saying, calling themselves by the title healer. So we're going to talk about that today, but more than anything else, we're going to be talking about how does the healer heal the healer. And the reason I ask that question is because so many times the healer archetype itself becomes part of the problem with the healer. If we want to know more about that, you can definitely read Uh, Joan Borsinko's book on burnout called Fried. We're going to be interviewing her in July about that book and learn a little bit more about what we can do when we we just overdo. We overdo our time, our energy, our lives. And some of that, in my theory, is based on this healer archetype, that we feel that we we are the helper, we are the healer, and that we have this gift to give to the world and that we've got this big responsibility on our shoulders to heal other people as a result of that healer archetype. What do I mean when I say healer archetype? A healer ar- archetype, or any archetype, is a collective memory. That's what Carl Jung, how Carl Jung used the words. And a collective memory is one uh, that we all understand. So if I use the word farmer, we get an image of what a farmer is. And we, we go with that image. We, we, whenever somebody's telling a story about a farmer... We're thinking of that farmer with our own image. But all of us pretty much understand farmer in the same terms, that they plant crops, that they uh, harvest crops, that they may have animals that they care for on the farm, and that's what a farmer is. When we say the word heartbreak, we all pretty much understand what that word means. And so we think of heartbreak pretty much in the same way. So when we say the word healer, We think of that word pretty much in the same way. And that word carries a huge load of energetic information. And the energetic information we get from the word healer is is something akin to power. Power to touch, 
other people's lives uh, and heal them to to create wellness out of sickness, to create emotional well-being out of uh, uh, dysfunction, to create something in another human being that has to do with grace and wellness, wholeness. And so the healer archetype comes blended in with the archetype for the word power. Power we pretty much all understand the same way too. It comes with a certain kind of authority. Power has a connotation of authority. So if I've got power in my company, I must have some kind of authority. If I'm personally empowered, then I have some kind of authority over myself. And so when we use the word healer, it often comes blended with that idea of power as authority. So basically what we're saying when we use the word healer is that one person has authority over another person's illness or uh, disease or lack of well-being. And that sense of power is problematic when it comes to the use of our own energy. So if I'm a healer and I believe that I have power to heal other people, then what I'm doing is I'm, I'm taking that huge responsibility for that power and I'm taking some of my energy to give to that power so that my power can be used as its authority should be used. That's a real, uh, that's a real uh, energy use. It's a big use of energy so that we're, we can be drained at the end of that. And I have literally heard about people saying that they are drained after having worked with someone to heal them. Um, and so we have other kinds of healers that use allopathic care, who use, who provide therapy, who provide medication, who are nurses and doctors and massage therapists and chiropractors and rolfers and all kinds of people out there who uh, have the capacity, we would say, to be healers as well. Do they have the authority over another person's illness? Well, for many years, we thought that doctors did have the authority over somebody else's illness. So the doctor could give medicine or provide a certain treatment, and a person would get well. And therefore, that doctor had authority. And for many years, doctors were held in extremely inordinate uh, high esteem with regard to their ability and their authority and their power to heal other people. So they had a special gift, and they should be treated in special ways because of that gift. Usually, however, uh, doctors that use allopathic care don't end up drained at the end of the day because they're using techniques and medication and prescriptions and um, tools to help a person heal themselves. And that might be a little bit different. So when we talk about um, the healer archetype, when it doesn't come with allopathic care, we're talking about using a personal power to heal someone else. And therefore, many times when I've heard people talk about healing someone else, they talk about being drained at the end of that healing session. I begin to wonder if, in fact, that's a misuse of that power to heal rather than an effective use of that power to heal. Um, I was listening to a show not long ago by Dr. Phil. I don't often listen to Dr. Phil because, frankly, I don't believe in TV therapy. 
but uh, I did listen to this particular show because it was on a particular topic that I was uh, studying at that point. And one of the things that he said to someone else was, I'm trying to heal this person. Help me heal this person is what he was basically saying. But the quote is, I'm trying to heal them. All right. And uh, that I, 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 of course, objected out loud. I talked to my TV quite frequently and I objected to Dr. Phil's uh, reference to his own power to heal another human being because I don't believe we have that power. Now, I want to be real careful here because I do believe we all are one. And in that oneness, we could say, well, if I'm one with another human being, then I have the power to heal that other human being. But that belies the fact that we are here on planet Earth where human beings get to make their own decisions. Now, in the world, uh, in the es- excuse me, in the esoteric world where uh, we're all one, yes, we are, we, can, we are one, so one part of us can heal the other part of us. That makes sense to us. But in, on planet Earth, we're do- we have a mission down here, and we're doing something with that mission. And here on planet Earth, we have, each person has the right to decide whether or not they're going to uh, be healed or not. So in that sense, then, all healing is self-healing. So in that, in that way of thinking about it, healers need healing to the degree that their focus is externalized. In other words, if I can use my power to heal on someone outside of me, and of course, in the esoteric world, nothing is really outside of me. But in, on, on planet Earth, we're here doing a mission, and we have to remember that it ha- that mission means we are living in a state of temporary blindness where we can't necessarily see that esoteric world. And in that state of blindness, if we're working with someone who is so blind, they have the choice as to whether or not they're going to accept our, 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 the tools that we offer them for healing. Um, so if I'm externalizing my power, believing that I have authority over somebody else's ability to heal, whether I'm an allopathic physician, a nurse, massage therapist, a Reiki a healer, a rolfer, regardless of what I'm doing, if I believe that I must send that energy outside of me into somebody else's brain and heart and mind and, and they are going to be healed by it, I'm going to feel drained at the end of that. So to the degree that I focus on an external reality, that's the degree to which I'm going to need healing as a healer. And that's an important focus for us to understand. We, we, think that, we generally think that healers don't really or should never need healing. Um, as a therapist, I run into that all the time. I go to uh, parties or I invite people to my home and um, I like to have fun. I like to say an occasional cuss word. Uh, I like to have a drink now and then. I like to enjoy life and just celebrate life. But uh, sometimes when a particular curse word comes out of my mouth in a card game because we're having fun and I just am having a great time saying that particular word, people in the room go, oh, she's a therapist. How could she say things like that? And, I, of course, my really good friends don't do that because they get me. But the people who don't get me would say, well, how come you can do that? How come you can say that? Because you're a therapist and you're supposed to be completely whole. Well, in the first place, I don't think that curse words are any different from any other words. They're all just words. 
if I to follow that directive, what I'm going to do is I'm going to need healing later too. So we're going to talk about this in just some more in just a few minutes. So stay tuned. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, we're back, and I want to tell you that the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can lo- join that learning community at www.noetic.org. So we're talking about the healer today, the healer archetype in particular, and what we're talking about is the idea that perhaps sometimes the healer might need healing. And the reason perhaps the healer might need healing is because the idea we have of a healer is that the healer has authority over someone else's illness or someone else's dis-ease or someone else's emotional problem, etc. 
Um, so we're going to talk some more about that now and uh, include in there the idea that the healer archetype makes us into a good person. We if we identify with the idea that we are healers and that that's a part of what we're responsible for doing here on planet Earth, then we tend to take on that name. We tend to take on everything that that name is connoted to mean. So the healer makes us into a good person. And as I said, as a therapist, sometimes I find people shocked when a particular curse word might come out of my mouth because they have an idea that being a healer or a therapist means I'm supposed to be a good person. Well, let's stop and talk about that for a minute. And I refer you back to a show probably about two years ago that we did on duality. We're going to talk about that again just briefly right here. But the idea is that we came here to planet Earth to experience a dual existence. In other words, we were supposed to experiment with the idea that we could believe ourselves to be completely separate from the divine. And in so doing, the only way that we could get close to the divine was to be good and that because we were bad, that is the reason why we were not close to the divine. That was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Of course, we know that knowledge is not the same as experience and uh, that we gain knowledge through experience. And so the only way we could have that knowledge is to go through the experience of duality. Duality. Why do we need that knowledge? Well, so that forever after we've had the completed experience of understanding completely that duality doesn't really exist at all, then we can pass that on to the entire universe, and we won't ever have to ask that question again. We have to have the experience, though, before we can answer that question fully. So that's what we're here doing. We're on a mission here on planet Earth to give the gift of oneness to the entire universe. But the only way we can give that gift of oneness is to fully experiment with its opposite, duality. So duality has us believing that there's such a thing as good and such a thing as evil and that our goodness gets us close to the divine and that our evil separates us from the divine. But if we're not really separate from the divine, then the whole notion of good and evil falls away too. So you might say, yeah, well, there's some pretty good evil out there and we could have a long conversation about that. Again, I refer you back to the show I did on duality. I believe that's the name of the show, Duality Consciousness or Duality and, and, and just listen to that because it goes into a depth explanation of it. But the point is that the healer is not good. The healer is not bad. The healer is not defined by any value. The healer is just a neutral archetype. So the healer is somebody who uh, may be able to give energy to other people, give tools to other people, give love and compassion to other people. Give a mirror to other people so that they can look in the mirror and see themselves. All of those things are possible. But when we talk about the healer as having the power to, to um, take over somebody else's consciousness and decide for them whether or not they will be healed, we're talking about a power that doesn't exist here on planet Earth. This is the world of duality consciousness. Now, I live uh, with one foot in this world and one foot in the other world in which I believe we're completely one. But I also have to recognize that not everybody lives that way. So somebody else does have the right to say, no, I don't want to be healed. I don't want that healing that you are offering. 
And I don't want that Reiki energy. I don't want that, um, that rolfing. I don't want that massage therapy. I don't want whatever tools you offer in therapy. I don't even want your medicine. Go away. <laughs> they have that right. And, and for us to uh, say, okay, well, we've, we've come to the conclusion now after some, re- some years of, of, of experimentation, we've come to the conclusion that really the person has to agree to be healed verbally. They have to say, yes, I want you to heal me. Well, there's a problem with that statement. That statement says you have the power to heal me. And that gives away all the real power of healing. Because, and you may disagree with this, feel free to do so. But I believe that all healing is self-healing. In other words, unless I can find within me whatever it is that heals me, nothing that anyone else does is going to heal me. So I have to agree on a really deep level to allow myself to be healed or healing doesn't occur. And that is one of the other problems that I find that healers often run into is what do you do with that case that just won't be healed? Do you get frustrated about it? Do you try to figure out what you're doing wrong? Do you, do you try to talk the other person into believing that they're going to be healed? What do you do? Are there illnesses? Are there um, uh, situations or emotions or, or whatever that we're not going to heal? Are there people who are here in a wheelchair, who are quadriplegic or paraplegic, who aren't going to get better in this life? I believe that's true. And I, I, I believe that not everyone is going to experience the healing. And that doesn't mean that they're doing something wrong or that you're doing, you the healer are doing something wrong. Uh, it only means that that is what they're doing this time. That's what they're doing this incarnation. They are doing this. They are experiencing, and, and for the rest of us, experiencing what it's like to be quadriplegic. Because here's the other piece of the duality experience. If you get some piece of information about your experience, that information becomes available on an unconscious level to everyone else on the planet. Because, in fact, we are all one. So if... if through your experience as a quadriplegic, you learn amazing things about life and the mystery of life and the divine and all kinds of things about power that those of us who are walking around can't, can't experience. Then on a subliminal level, you are giving that to the rest of the world in the same way that we as a globe are all giving to the entire universe information about the experience of duality that will be belong to everyone in the universe after we're done with this experience. Okay? So what that means is that some things aren't supposed to be quote-unquote healed because there's nothing really wrong. We might view it, look at it, and say, well, that's wrong. We shouldn't have that problem. But that's one of those interpretations we have of reality that may or may not fit the real soul paradigm. So... If we're saying, well, you know, you're sick and you need me to heal you, what we're really saying is, I know what's best. And that's another one of the ideas that comes along with the healer archetype. And that is that the healer has the answers. No, I don't think so. (laughs) I think that uh, I've been doing therapy for 30 years. I'm also a Reiki practitioner and an astrologer. 
And I've never healed a single person. I've worked with lots and lots and lots of people, but I've never healed a single person. And I've never helped a single person. Why? Because all help is self-help and all healing is self-healing. I may have offered the tools. I may have done the Reiki. I may have offered the astrological tools. I may have offered the psychological tools, but either people picked up those tools and used them or they didn't. Either people accepted the energy that was sent through Reiki or they didn't. And that's none of my business. That is none of my business. So if I get that, if I really get that, then what happens is I can be a healer and not be drained. I can be a healer who doesn't need to be healed. And here's the other thing. Every healer must, by the very definition of the word, first and foremost, heal him or herself. So what that means is that if I'm a therapist and I've got some psychological issues, then I better be working on those. I better be working on those. I better own those. I better be responsible for those. I better take complete 100% responsibility for my issues. So that when I'm in a a therapy room with somebody and somebody comes up with an issue that's similar to some of my issues, I own what's mine and I don't project it onto that other person and I uh, I don't want my emotions to filter into what they should or shouldn't do about their problem. I don't want my tools that I hand them to be tainted with my stuff. I need to be healing myself. All healing is self-healing, and that's my job as a healer, to heal myself. So that has to happen first. If I'm a Reiki practitioner, if I'm an astrologer, if I'm a rolfer, if I'm a massage therapist, if I'm a a doctor, uh, nurse, I need to be about the business of healing myself. I can't tell you how many nurses and doctors I know who smoke and overeat, who who drink large amounts, who are... Uh, you know, living what most of us would refer to as a pretty unhealthy life. Does that mean they're wrong for doing that? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have the definition of what's wrong and right for somebody else. I know each person is here living out some soul's plan, and I don't have the answers for that. All I know is what I want to be good for me. So, okay, so if I'm supposed to be healing myself, though, and if I'm a smoker... And I have been a smoker in the past. If, I, if I'm a smoker and I don't think smoking is good for me, that's the first, I don't think smoking is good for me, then what I need to do is quit smoking, okay? It's not somebody else's judgment I'm determining. It's my judgment. I'm the discerning party. I'm the decider. Ultimately, I'm the decider about everything in my life. We often don't want to know that, and that's why the healer archetype takes hold in our world. We don't want to know that we have the power to heal ourselves. We don't want to know that we're 100% responsible for our healing and our happiness. We don't want to know that. So we want to give that power to somebody else to do that work for us. And we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned.
The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about the healer and the healer archetype, what that means, and how the healer might need to heal him or herself. How does the healer begin to heal? And what we're discovering is that the first thing that needs to heal within the healer archetype is the healer archetype itself. The healer archetype is based on some old notions about authority, about authority over someone else's uh, decision whether or not they're going to heal. And uh, that, that idea is, uh, as we've discussed today, false. We don't have that power to heal someone else. They have the power to heal themselves. We certainly can offer healing, but they have the choice about whether or not they're going to receive that healing. So it's a gift that we give, and the person can do with it whatever they want. So when we get, find ourselves frustrated that someone isn't healing like they should heal. We've offered the healing. Why aren't they healing? What's wrong with them? They, you know, I hear all kinds of horror stories about people getting information from healers who are themselves frustrated that their client isn't healing. And they hear all kinds of things. Uh, um, they tell them all kinds of things like, um, you need to forgive your father. I think I told this story one other time. And it's really a composite story of several different stories that I've heard from other people with no names attached. Um, I, I always keep all that confidential, but uh, 
it's the idea is that the healer tells this guy, well, you know, you need to forgive your father because that's what I see in your heart chakra is that you haven't forgiven your father. And um, so what you need to do is forgive your father. So, you know, your father who beat you up and molested you and is now in jail for having done that. Uh, I want you to go and I want you to forgive him, go to jail and forgive him. And the guy goes to jail and he, and he meets his dad, and instead of walking out with a fresh, new, warm feeling that he's been promised by his healer, he walks out with a fresh, new dose of anger that he's never before felt in his life. So he goes back to his healer, and he says, man, I'm really angry. I've never been so angry at my father. I'm just so angry. And the, and the healer says, oh, my gosh, you're angry. Well, so now we're talking about your, your third chakra, so we really need to, to clear that chakra, and you need to stop being angry. So I want you to get to do some work on not being angry at your father and uh, get past that. Because until you get past that, you can't attract the life you want. And that's, there's the law of attraction uh, that we're, we can talk some in just a minute about, too. Uh, you, you can't have what you want in your life until you get your chakras cleared. So uh, the guy starts trying to deal with his anger. And what he ends up doing is repressing his anger. He might get involved in another relationship with someone who acts just like his father did toward him and becomes physically abusive. And then he comes back to the healer and he says, now I'm in this relationship with this guy who's abusing me and I tried to get rid of my anger and now my anger's gone, but he's being angry. What's happening here is that the healer is telling the guy to do what the healer needs for the guy to do, not what the guy needs to do, okay? So... Uh, and, 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 it, and it's getting some false information there. We, 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 you know, the law of attraction, as we currently understand it, needs to be revised. And I've got a book coming out about that on September the 30th of this year. It's called The Law of Attraction, uh, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. You can go to Amazon right now and pre-order that book. Uh, and uh, I understand now that I've got 64,000 listeners out there, over 64,000 listeners out there, and I hope that you all take advantage of this opportunity to think more and rethink the law of attraction. I've talked to lots of different authors, um, best-selling authors and other people who say, yes, we need a book like that. We need to revise our understanding of the law of attraction. It was a good start, what, uh, what, was, what we got taught back in the 90s about, about the law of attraction. But it's not the whole truth, and we need to learn more. So when we're telling people, you can't have what you want in your life until your chakras are totally clear, really, our chakras may not be completely, totally, 100% clear that we're dead. Uh, really, that's, you know, I don't think we need to wait that long to have what we want in our life. So, you know, if, if we're saying, what we're really saying there as a healer is, you need to get your chakras clear because that's what I need you for you to do so I can feel like a successful healer. And we might not even know we're doing that. But the energy is gone at the end of that session. And that tells us we're doing that. If you're depleted at the end of an in, uh, at, at the end of any kind of healing session, whatever it is, your energy's gone. You have a uh, healer archetype that might need to be healed because you don't have power over other people. They have the say so. So the real story about our our guy is that when he went to jail, he uncovered anger that had been in there for centuries that he hadn't known about, and really he's going to need to walk through that anger and accept its power. We look at anger as a bad thing. Anger is, uh, you know, it's, you're not supposed to have any anger. You're supposed to be a good person and good people don't feel angry. But anger is a very useful tool, and here's why. Because it has within it our I am. It has within it 
the power for us to be able to say, I am, I am real, I matter, I count, I'm important, I need to have compassion for this I am that I am, I need to take care of the I am that is me. And as we do that, the anger goes away, it subsides. Why? Because it delivered the message it came to deliver. And the message usually is something like, take care of yourself. Make decisions that take care of you. Don't make decisions that give away yourself, that betray yourself, that that diminish your I am. Don't make those decisions. Make decisions that lift up your I am into your own awareness. So his anger is a useful tool. And if we tell him not to feel it, because that's the good thing to do, and that's going to make the healer be a good healer, then we might be leading him right down the wrong path. Okay? So... It's important for us to be able to really step back from the healer identity, and that is what I'm going to call it. The healer archetype can become a healer identity, and that identity means I've identified with the healer archetype. So I am healer. I am healer. No, you are a person. You may have a gift as healing. You are not healer. Okay, you are more, much more than that. I am a therapist. I go to work and I provide therapy for people. I provide Reiki. I provide astrological counseling. But I am much more than that. If I come home and start doing psychobabble at home, I'm going to get booted out on my ear. So the, the idea is that we, we're not just one thing. We are many things, a multiplicity of things all the time. And a healer is just a part of what we are doing. It is not who we are. So if you're identified with healer, then if you can't heal, then who are you? If you're identified with the power of being the healer, if you can't heal, then who are you? And what does that mean you're going to tell your client? What does that mean you're going to tell your patient about why they're not healing? They're doing something wrong. That's what you're going to tell them. And, and that thing that they're doing wrong, if they'll just do it right, everything will be wonderful after that. And you will have done your job and you will have been a great healer. So that healer archetype can become a dangerous thing if we identify with it. If we don't identify with it, however, what that means is it is a gift. It is something we have. It is our skill. There are many people who are very good psychics, very good mediums, very good Reiki practitioners, rolfers, therapists, massage therapists, um, uh, homeopathists, all kinds of people out there who are offering healing. That's what we do. We offer it. We don't do the work of receiving it. We only do the work of offering it. And, and when we offer, the other person has the right and the, and the privilege and even the karma to be able to take that up. The law of attraction, as we currently understand it, says, I can only have what is mine to have when I'm completely clear. And if I'm completely clear, then then I will have all that stuff that I want to have. And so what that has is, ha, means is that people out there working to get completely clear. I must be perfect before I can have what I want. Well, it, the examination goes way deeper than that, way deeper. And again, the book, uh, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, gives some answers, some ideas at least, for how we might be able to revise this understanding. Because the truth is, sometimes... We're trying to cram something down our throats to try to have what we want, quote unquote. But actually, the soul doesn't work that way. And the soul is actually in charge. Even when 
the mind of the individual seems to be blurred and blind and doing all kinds of stuff that we might judge, the soul is still in charge and it is going to get the lesson it came to get this time around. It is going to have the experience. I don't want to say lesson. Let me change that. I want to say it's going to have the experience that it's needing, needing to have in this, in this lifetime in order to evolve all of humanity toward that place where we all get it, that we're all one. There is no such thing as duality. So when we're talking about the healer archetype, sometimes we get it mixed up with our self-image. If my self-image is all wrapped up in the healer archetype, if I imagine by self-image, I'm, I'm talking about identity, but the word image there is very useful because it is how other people see us. Image is all about how other people see us and secondarily about how we see ourselves. So if my self-image is based on the idea of a healer archetype, then other people, I think that other people ought to see me as a healer with power to heal other people. Because again, that healer archetype word comes included with a package of power that means I have authority over other people's illnesses, diseases, and dysfunction and all kinds of other things. So my, my power means I, if I take on that authority, then my self-image should, should project that authority. I should have a certain bearing. I should have a certain gait. I should have a certain way of presenting myself. I should have a certain talk. I should have a certain walk. I should have a certain um, um, way of talking with everyone. I have seen, and, and you've seen this, this is this joke on TV, uh, the the therapist, the psychotherapist who, you know, begins to talk in that very therapeutic voice that sounds very beautiful and sweet and soft and really makes me want to upchuck because the truth is that it's not, it isn't genuine. It isn't real. It isn't coming from that person. It is an identity. It has to do with self-image. It has to do with that person seeing themselves as therapist. So now I have to have the voice that I think a therapist ought to have. So we get all these things going on inside of us without even realizing we're doing it. Why? Because we've identified with healers. Now, I will also tell you that I have worked with people who have identified with healer or helper and whose lives have become totally wrecked by that identity because they are living into, I must help others first and I must sacrifice myself in the process and they sacrifice themselves all the way down to nothing. So we're going to talk some more about that right after the break, the final segment of the show. So stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment today, talking about the healer and the healer archetype and how the healer might begin to heal themselves. And what we've discovered is that the healer might begin to heal him or herself by moving away from, pulling, getting some distance between identifying with the, uh, the healer archetype uh, and just being able to be true to the self. Um, as I was saying just before the break, I have worked with people who have had that healer archetype and believed that it was more true than anything else about them. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they, as a result of that, they spent their lives helping other people to the exclusion of themselves and in the process lost everything. And, and, and this is not just one person. This is several people that I've worked with. And in the, and that process took them, brought them to their knees enough for them to be able to say, Oh, this healer archetype, this helper archetype is the problem. It is not the solution. It is the problem where originally it, like any other mask and costume, was a solution to a problem that they had early in life. Now, that's, what, that's why we need to be careful here, because the healer archetype can look like a solution to some early life problem. You know, in, in my field, in the mental health field, we say that there are lots of therapists out there who are trying to heal themselves through others, and that doesn't just apply to, to um, the mental health field. It applies to nurses and doctors and um, and Reiki practitioners and rolfers and massage therapists and uh, energetic healers and people who use energetic touch and all kinds of other healing. If I believe if, at an early age I identified myself as a healer or a helper in whatever form that took and that worked to help me survive my childhood, 
I might need to question that identity. That doesn't mean I don't have a gift, but it does mean it isn't who I am. I am much more than just that. And healing may be what I do, but it isn't who I am. So we need to put some distance between who we are and the archetype of healing. And that process in and of itself can become very healing because if I'm not identified as a healer, then I'm free to be myself with all that that means. And I'm allowed to take in healing. I'm allowed to receive love. I'm allowed to receive help. I'm allowed to receive healing. I can guarantee you that when I need therapy, I go to a therapist. When I need massage therapy, I go to massage to a massage therapist. If I need Reiki, I go to a Reiki practitioner. I'm going to get the help I need because I, I'm not a healer who doesn't also need healing. I'm a human being who's having a, a, I'm, I'm a, a soul having a human experience. And in that experience, I live in this realm, one foot in the uh, uh, realm of planet Earth where duality is rampant and one foot in the world of realm, oneness where I know that I'm one with all things. So I have to live here on this planet. That's what I'm doing here. If I try to uh, say that I don't live here on this planet, then I'm not offering this planet what I came to offer this planet. So I'm I'm having this experience of being a human for a reason, because the experience of being a human is what I'm here to do. Okay. now, does that mean that I have to just, you know, go willy nilly and do whatever, whatever and and fly off by the seat of my pants? No, I would apply a lot of consciousness to every one of the experiences that I have. And that is how I think that I uh, enable my soul to just work through me and do what it, do what it can do here. So I want to have my soul in full operation. I want to be completely conscious, but I don't want to identify with something that keeps me from really having the human experience I'm to have. I don't want to identify with something that's going to keep my soul from working through me to the degree that it can. So, um, so I am much more than psychic. Although I may be psychic, I am much more than a rolfer, though I may be a rolfer. I'm a, you, you get the point. I can say this over and over again. But, but the idea is that I'm not going to get lose my energy. I'm not going to take away from my energy by giving it to you because I believe I've got the power and you don't. Everyone has the same power. Everyone has the same power. And so if I trust your power then I'm going to entrust you with that power. And I'm going to say to you, you have the power. Let me show you how to get it. That's my job as a healer. I'm going to say to another person, you have all the power. I never believe that I'm an expert on anybody who walks into my office. They are the experts on themselves. And they're going to give me the information. And then I'm going to mirror that back to them. And I'm going to say, you have the power. We all have the power. Why? Because we are souls having a human experience. And every soul has equal power. Every soul is one with the divine already. And when that soul is encapsulated in a body and surrounding a body, then that body is also soul. And that body can heal itself. That's how that works. So if I believe that I'm the healer, then I take all that power away. And if a person heals... In my presence, it's because they chose to. I may take the credit for it, but they chose it. And so I may say, well, look, I'm a healer. I put my hands on them and they healed. That means I've got the power. No, 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 no. No, you don't have the power. The soul has all the power. And 
the only operative element there in any healing process is the soul. The, the, the human little way of looking at things is dualistic. It's split off. It's not connected to the divine. And it is very hard for us to imagine ourselves as one with the divine. It's extremely difficult. The most difficult thing we do on this planet is for us to imagine ourselves as one with the divine. And yet we are one with the divine. And if we live into that, then what we're doing is we're bringing soul awareness into human experience. And in that process, we heal ourselves. And in that process, being present with other people offers them that same awareness. So because we are one, if I know that I am soul, and that is all that I am, then I'm also giving that information to everyone else on the planet because we're one. There's nothing I know that, not, that everyone else on the planet doesn't know. That's why lying doesn't help. <laughs> you know, I could lie about all kinds of things, but eventually you're going to know. And guess what? You probably already do. You may not let yourself know you know, but you know. You know when I'm lying. So I'm going to try not to lie. So the idea is this. I am a healer to the degree that I have a gift that I can give. And I only have the gift because my soul gave it to me. I don't have the gift because I'm better, smarter, wiser, gooder, whatever word you want to put on that. I have the gift because that's what I came here to do. One of the things I came here to do. The most important thing I came here to do, however, was live my experience here on planet Earth. And that experience in and of itself alchemically changes me. My humanity changes and the next human form I take will be alchemically changed because as a result of the alchemical changes that occurred in this life. That's how it works. And that brings us to our next week's focus, which is going to be karma. So we're going to talk a lot about karma next week and, and get an entirely new understanding of it because it ain't what you think it is. So don't miss that one. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.